Hello, and welcome to the Humumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown. The podcast where we watch 31 horror movies throughout the hallowed month of October. Ranging from the critically acclaimed to film school projects gone gruesomely awry. And we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Sully Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously while we take these movies seriously. The Grudge was a movie about a haunted house. Yes, it's a house that tries to kill people. Anyone who enters it apparently ends up getting killed, pretty much. And really, that's that's not completely accurate because it's not the house; it's the being that's or the beings that are trapped in the house. There's yeah. basically this family of three that's trapped in this house. So anyone who goes into the house gets attacked by one of these three beings. Yeah, but it's all. I mean the theory is that it's not being so much as just this concept of a really bad thing happened and that concept just is very angry and will kill you right like it says at the beginning that if somebody dies with lots of rage or fear then a curse is born is basically how curse was born for sure it was yeah Okay, so we picked this movie because Sarah Michelle Gellar was in it. That's fun. Sometimes we do that. We pick movies just because of who's in it. But that's not just because, because also because I have seen the original Grudge, the Japanese movie, and I was wondering what the remake was like. This is the American remake of a Japanese movie. And it's actually by the same director. Interestingly, though, most American remakes of Japanese movies are like the storyline, but it takes place in America. Yeah. Like they just transplant the whole story culturally and in this case they really for some reason he really wanted the house and the the curse to be japanese so all of the american characters are in japan for various reasons like they were they're there for like work exchanges or student you know their students or whatever truly an unnecessary remake it was super Same weird movie, new people show up it adds an interesting element though to the whole remake of a of a different cultures movie because um i mean we've talked before about how much i like watching particularly horror from asian cultures because their idea of what's scary is so different from what mm-hmm. american ideas of what's scary is is that it's you know it's like new to me it's always yeah. ooh, this is creepier because i haven't seen it a gazillion times i don't know that that worked so well this time because it had those elements and maybe i've just seen enough <laughs> japanese horror at this point that i'm like oh the creepy broken girl coming face first down the stairs yeah. is creepy but isn't really scary anymore well, that was so weird it it looked like claiming like I wonder if they did something with the camera or they just kept stopping and starting the filming or something but that's one of the things about Japanese ghosts is that they have that like stop motion feel to them but it's just weird how they did it yeah but it lost something for me and it might have been because it was culturally a Japanese movie but like there were all these Americans being American and so I was like but that's not how an American would react to this like like Sarah Michelle Gellar's character in so many instances met up with this ghost or met up with these spirits and this curse and was paralyzed with fear. And I'm yeah. like, but that's not what happens. Well, that seemed to happens. be the thing that happened to everybody. <clears throat> like just looking at it just 
trappy. I made a note of that, that um, it didn't feel very scary to me. It got better later, but early on it was, like, not scary. Mm-mm. But the characters were terrified. They were. I actually, <laughs> one of my notes was just making somebody paralyzed with fear doesn't make me afraid. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's not enough to make me think, wow, this is really scary. <laughs> it must be. They think it is. It didn't work. Because all I could think was, but that's, why? Why are you reacting that way? Like, get up and run away or, like, fight back or something. Thing. Yeah. And I sort of think that's a cultural thing. Like, like in American movies, when you're confronted with something scary, American horror movies, you're confronted with something scary, you run away or you fight back. Like, very yeah. rarely do we have characters who are frozen. Like, fight, flight, and freeze are those, like, responses. <laughs> freeze is not usually a thing that we do. Because it's not considered heroic in any way. Because <laughs> running away is superhero well i mean it's not but it sort of is because at least it's taking some sort of action yeah. like we're very we're a very like yeah. action oriented people i, <laughs> I suppose <guess> so. <clears throat> yeah it felt like um the story like was that's what this thing does it just paralyzes people but it kills them like well, yeah, several of the characters them. just died of fright and yeah. i'm like really yeah that was weird it's but that's i mean that's what they were that's the story they were telling, apparently. I don't know. It's kind of strange. Which maybe would have worked if it was something that was that scary. But really, it was like, oh, you're so afraid of her hair that you're going <laughs> to die? Like, she wasn't even touching anybody. Like, nobody actually... Like, toward the end, I guess, there was some, you know, people were getting shoved in the water and... Yeah, some stuff like there, that. Some things happened, but for the most part, it was like, you're just standing there watching somebody walk past you and you die of fright. And so that made me wonder, is that normal for Japanese horror? Like, is that a thing? Like, as a, if Japanese people were watching this movie, would they be like, oh, this monster is so scary? <laughs> or is that an American I think there's some of that. telling of it somehow? Because, like... But the director was the Japanese, ring, wasn't he? Yeah, he was the original <clears throat> director of this, the Japanese version. But in the, in, in the ring, you know, that monster kind of just made people die of fright too like it would come out of the tv get up in your face and then people would find you like paralyzed in your chair dead so it's it's really the same it's very interesting to me and it makes me wonder where that comes from like i wish i knew more about japanese culture to be able to make some guesses as to like why is not fight like why is that a thing because that doesn't work. Like, that's so outside of my realm of experience that I'm like, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. And if I wrote a story like that, like, if I wrote a story and tried to submit it places and people were like, nothing actually happens. You just describe something scary and your main character keels over. Like, it wouldn't sell in this country. I mean, dying of fright is a thing, but... If you're you a rabbit... A, yeah, you really have to sell it pretty big. I don't know. I mean, I, I can kind of see the little old lady... Like, who was, oh, she yeah. ser- clearly had some dementia and stuff going on anyway. Like, I could see her dying of fright. Of she's the one who lived in this house all by herself forever. Right. I don't know. But especially the the main character's boyfriend who goes in looking for her at the end. And, then, like, he's yeah. healthy, young. Well, but, I mean, that's the thing. That's why I, I bought it. Because I was like, okay, this is what this ghost does. Like, she crawled up on him and... Like, he was scared as she came towards him, but then she crawled up on him, and he went, Ooh, bleh, and that was that. So, 
I mean, yeah. like, that's what they do. What our listeners couldn't see as you were saying that was how hard I rolled my eyes. Perhaps well, they, they heard, heard it, it because sure. I rolled my eyes so hard. Yeah. Like, I get it. You're, you're absolutely right. And the eye roll indicates that I think that is nonsense. Yeah. And I, it didn't work for me. Okay. So I thought it was funny how as we were watching the opening credits and like the first scenes, Sam Raimi's name came up yeah. and we simultaneously <laughs> went, oh, Sam, Sam Raimi? Raimi? Because he is, you know, one of those like classic horror movie guys. Like when I think of horror, particularly because you like to watch like, what is that? Um uh. Anything with Bruce Campbell. Right. Bruce Campbell stuff. Yeah, like, his name has come up enough that, like, he is synonymous with horror to me. Yeah, but that, I mean, that's, like, gory, crazy horror. Campy, cheesy horror. this was the opposite of. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he was just a producer or something, so. Yeah. I was also um, surprised to see Bill Pullman in it, who, for some reason, like, it's funny. I don't know why, but he is one of my favorite actors. Like... (laughs) I don't, he must have been in, oh, he was in While You Were Sleeping. Yeah, that's why. That was the sound of me rolling my eyes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Bill Pullman, it was interesting. Although, again, it was it was like having all these American actors playing Americans, acting in sort of Japanese ways was, yeah. it threw me off. Like, well, directed by a Japanese director. Right, and that must have been what it was when he died by suicide. In American films, when someone goes over the edge of a balcony in an attempt to die, they they jump, they like, yeah. they leap, right? <laughs> it's like they're trying not to bump into the edge of the building, like you're cliff diving or something, right? Yeah. And in this case, he didn't do that. He just sort of like, folded himself <laughs> over the railing and just, like, slithered over. Yeah. And that was probably I mean, one of the more unsettling things in the movie to uh, me. I mean, I, I don't know, you know, where that comes from, but it, it matched the tone to me. Yeah. Like, this whole thing was all about kind of dreary and Lots no, of no hope. There was nothing <laughs> you could do. It was just sort of... Bleh. Lots of gravity physically and... Yes. <laughs> literally and figuratively. <laughs> gravity everywhere. Yeah, it was definitely like that. Very, like, the filmography of it and everything. It was very well, gray. Yeah, the thing is, it looks like a movie from the 70s or 80s. It's It was mm. weird to me. Like, I was like, this is weird. Like, the film stock, the, the colors of everything. Mm-hmm. It was just like, this She is was so wearing, like, all, like, oh, yeah. long coats with and fur fringes. And, and turtle stuff. Yeah. But you know what? That was one of the pieces where I was like, oh, this is just... Sarah Michelle Geller playing Sarah Michelle Geller, which I think is sort of what she does because it felt like Buffy. Like there yeah. were several times where she'd like walk into a scene and I'm like, is she wearing her Buffy <laughs> wardrobe or did she just wear her own personal wardrobe for Buffy and this? Like it, it was very similar because I feel like I've seen Sarah Michelle Geller in turtleneck sweaters a lot. <laughs> Yeah. Like cable knit turtleneck sweaters are sort of her thing. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I really, I felt like this was Buffy in Japan experiencing this curse thing. Yeah. Um, which it wasn't because she would have handled it so much better. Right? She would not have been paralyzed. <laughs> no. But there were so many times when like, it was like this close up on <laughs> Sarah's face with... <laughs> all of her emotion and I'm like oh that's the exact same face she made when Joyce died or that's the exact same face she made when she had to stab Angel like yeah limited range perhaps she's sad 
Same emotion. I guess. I think it worked better in Buffy because Buffy was sort of a almost opera. cartoony, soap yeah. opera, melodramatic sort of thing. And, and this... Her emotions, her facial expressions were the only, like, intense emotion in the whole thing. Everything else was paralyzed and pulled down I by gravity. Know, the, the, uh, the detective was very uh, haunted. He was but not in a, a very happy No, but in a very... He was much... He was haunted in a more subtle way. Like, he would just yeah. have this, like, long stare, yeah. but not really much else was going on in his face. And her, like, she gets the lip quiver going, and she, you know, just, her whole yeah. face gets involved. That's interesting. I wonder if she was the wrong choice. But what I want to really discuss okay. is housekeeping. So <laughs> Yes, let's. When your house gets dirty, do you just throw random scraps of paper around everywhere and shred it into little pieces? So... We talked a bit about this while we were watching the movie, right? I was like, this is the weirdest. I even have a note where I'm like, it's a very strange choice to just toss crumpled newspapers around to indicate that the house is dirty, uh -huh. right? I've changed my mind as we watched uh -huh. because it became very clear that this was like something the the spirits were doing. Like this was part yeah. of the curse of the house, apparently. It, the curse of messiness. Yeah, like it was a clean house. There was no dust, like, it was clean, it was organized, everything was put away, but then somebody had gone through and just thrown scraps of paper in all the corners. Yeah, that would have been interesting if those were scraps of paper with, like, kitty cat pictures on them or something, you know. Sure. Although, a lot of it was, like, juice boxes and stuff, so there maybe it was that little boxes. kid ghost, like, throwing yeah. his trash around. And speaking of little kid ghost and not ghost, this whole movie's structure was very non-linear, which I liked. Mm -hmm. And it would just jump into into the past, further into the past, back to the present, and all these different ones. It's interesting that you mentioned that because one of the questions I wrote down was to ask you what you thought of the use of flashback to tell this story. I'm pro-flashback. Because they did it, like she would just walk into a room, like you would be in one timeline and she'd walk through a door and then suddenly the lighting would change a little bit and it we were in a different timeline. Yeah. Do you think that they did a good job of making sure that we knew what timeline we were in at all times? Well, it didn't. I mean, it was confusing at first, but it didn't take more than 10 seconds in each new scene mm -hmm. before you're like, oh, this was before those people came in. Mm -hmm. Because then, you know, you've got like the, the old lady before she was really incapable of functioning. And right. Buying the house and all that. So, I mean, I like that. I like having to work on that with my brain. So the one that I wasn't so crazy about was the very last flashback that they add in, like when they're when you're actually finding out what happened to these three spirits. Oh, and it, and goes it went all grainy. like yeah, like yeah. black and white and grainy like we were suddenly watching this like 1930s film. Yeah. That felt like that was such a dramatic change. I'm like unless that's when it took place, I'm not sure why they went yeah. quite that dramatic yeah they just kind of did it for looks it could have been just black and white like they could have just flipped black and white yeah. and that would have been enough well, I, I think they were giving you that crazed nature of it yeah overwhelming you but that whole thing okay that's the end of the movie is and we know there's spoilers so the end of the movie is she goes into the house and suddenly she's like in the past mm -hmm. and almost She's being seen by the kid in the past, which is weird, but okay. But not by, like, 
Bill Pullman's character I mean, couldn't you see keep her. Keep thinking he is, but yeah. then he isn't. So she's in there, and she's actually in the past. So that's a twist, and it just kind of explains everything, and it's dumb. Like the whole movie was building up this mystery, and it was interesting until they were just like, "Here's everything, mm-hmm. and now let's get killed because that's it." Mm-hmm. Like it didn't. It felt like it needed to do something with that. Like, here's everything, and because of that, she's got the locket she needs to kill the ghost or something. Anything other than just, here it all is, now let's go ahead and kill her. Yeah. Which is interesting. I totally agree with that. And one of my notes from about midway through the movie was, part of why I'm not scared is it's so disjointed, I can't make the connections that they're trying to make me make. Like, mm. like I'm not putting pieces together in a way that makes me go, ooh, or get invested or, like, care about the story. Yeah. So I wasn't scared. And then at the end, they went to the exact opposite and were <laughs> just like, oh, well, here's everything laid out in this, you know, yeah. neatly for you. So, again, not invested because I didn't have to do any work. On that note of scares, mm-hmm. this movie got me. Not watching it, I didn't jump or anything. But afterwards, I had to get up during the night and walk through our dark house. And I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to see around the corner. What's it going to be? That's funny, because you know what? What? Immediately after we watched the movie, you know, I was like super tired, wasn't feeling good. So I was like, I'm just going to go to bed. So I walked into the bedroom. I didn't turn on any lights in the hallway or anything. And there's the mirror in the bathroom that you can see as you're walking down the hallway. And I, it was me, but it was in the dark. I, like, I saw the ghost with like the hair hanging down and everything, which is funny because that was not what I looked like. But it was all like, it wasn't, I didn't really see anything. I just saw like a flash of movement. Yeah. But my brain turned it into the ghost with the hair hanging down. It was something they were doing pretty yeah. well even though like when you actually saw the ghost in this movie it was lame it was people in white makeup yeah yeah she did and like the kid was just a kid covered in white stuff and he didn't do much of anything the only scary quote unquote thing he did was he'd open his mouth wide not fake wide but just wide and make cat noises well like a yelling like well Unhappy like a cat, cat in heat noise <laughs> yeah well that's weird <laughs> but true yeah I mean, it's because that's like the scary cat noise. It's like, like, yeah. Ooh, what is, why is it making that noise? <laughs> I think he was the scariest one because like, there's something unsettling about a child mm-hmm. with no emotion on their face. Like, yeah. and like the big, why, you know, big <laughs> eyes and, you know, they had the makeup done. So his eyes really looked yeah. prominent on his face and, um, and he just didn't do anything with the rest of his face. The Actually, the thing, the one scene, it was really probably the only scene I think was an effective scare for me, was when it was on video. There was a video camera shooting a hallway, and the lights were flickering, and a ghost came up out of the floor and started walking forward. That was good. Although later, then the detective watches that tape, and the ghost like comes up in the camera, and that was like, whatever. Yeah, that was not... (laughs) It didn't work at all. I don't know. I don't think it really worked for me the first time either. It was... That was too, I don't know, predictable. Well, yeah, it was standard. And then later, the fact that he's watching the video and seeing the same thing that she saw when she was watching the camera filming, I'm like, oh, well, it's not even a ghost that can hide from cameras. Like, like <laughs> yeah. at least in a movie, like in some movies, like one person would have seen it and been like, look, I have this evidence. Yeah. And their person would have been like, this is a hallway. There's nothing going on. Yeah, that's fine. Right? But that didn't happen. Um, but there were a lot of times where like, uh, especially Kayako, 
would stick her head out at someone and I'm just like, okay, there's a lady there. <laughs> like it was nothing. Yeah. I think it was, they were trying to have her cause she always kind of like slid face first out yeah. of like doors that were opening and stuff. And I think that was supposed to be to reenact when the Bill Pullman character found her body and like yeah. opened that door to the attic or whatever. And, yeah, and, and she like fell out face first. I think it was always kind of imitating that, but yeah, not really in a scary way. I don't know. Yeah, she just was it, there. It was creepier when she was coming down the stairs and like crawling out mm-hmm. of the bag and coming down the stairs. Yeah. That was a little scarier. I was surprised early on how many bodies this house, like the house body count was really high. <laughs> sure was. And nobody seemed to care. <laughs> I know. Every time somebody would die, somebody, you know, oh, Yoko died, so we have to send in this sub to fill in for her. Like, like. Well, I mean, they didn't know. She was just gone for a day. Right. The world was changing and it was a, a people were changing their behaviors because the world had changed, but it changed a lot and <laughs> nobody really cared. Yeah. Well, and I think though, a lot of the deaths were way far away from the house because the, the house like latches onto you and then eventually kills you. And so yeah. they weren't really connected. Like they just get killed in some random place and not mostly they disappeared, I think. Well, I mean, for one thing, they disappeared into the attic and were just there. Yeah. But wait, who was it? who got eaten in bed was that it was the sister right and she just yeah. like she was hot okay first of all i'd like to say that if you're being chased by something don't run <laughs> and hide in bed under the covers but like it's natural solely no it's, it's natural childhood. for a four-year-old you're going back to childhood you're scared you throw off all your adulthood and you just go oh no i'm gonna hide under my cover so it can't see me she didn't even go all the way under the covers, which if you're a child Maybe and you are hard. hiding under the covers, like, you know, you have to like completely right. seal yourself in or you're not up. safe. And you have to just breathe in like your own carbon dioxide. I know, and that's yeah. eventually you have to open it up because you can't yeah. breathe. And then yeah. you're like, oh, now they're going to get now, me. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, she didn't even hide properly under the covers. So the ghost <laughs> found her. She's an adult. She doesn't know how. She just disappeared, like like there was a lump under the blankets, and then suddenly there wasn't. Yeah, so, I mean, the ghosts were just taking people away. Yeah, but not always, so I felt yeah. like that was kind of an inconsistent rule that, that kind of bothered me. Well, speaking of inconsistent, one person got violently, gorily killed, and her jaw was left in the attic. Yeah, Yoko had a rough time What, what was that about? Why did that not happen to anyone else? That was weird. That yeah. just was what it was. Again, inconsistency. And I sort of feel like the horror of this movie sort of feels like somebody was just throwing spaghetti at the wall to see, <laughs> like, maybe if I do this here, it'll be scary for somebody. Sure. And if we do something else, it'll be scary somewhere else. And the only last thing that I have here is that it was better than I expected it to be with the whole Americans abroad thing. Because, you know, we kind of tend to go into other cultures and then... <laughs> yeah stomp around like like elephants and it didn't have a whole lot of that like it it felt like they really were like trying to assimilate and like be a part of the culture that they were entering into there was one scene where i was like ugh, gross americans are terrible (laughs) was when um the sarah michelle geller character and her boyfriend were walking to school or something and they stopped by a cemetery oh yeah to like gawk at this funeral or like this 
it was it wasn't yeah, necessarily a funeral, a funeral but, but like they were they were you know doing some incense and there praying. was some sort of ritual yeah. happening by a gravestone and she's like loudly <laughs> describing it and and explaining it to her boyfriend and they're like 10 feet away from the people doing it i'm like shut up <laughs> Yeah. Like at least whisper if you're going to gossip about this ritual happening in front of sad. you. So, yeah, it was it was one of those moments of like, "Oh, I find this interesting because it's unusual to me, so I'm just going to talk about it like it's an unusual thing that I'm observing and not like it's something someone is actually experiencing in their real life." Yeah. Kind of an important thing for those people. Right? So there was that moment of, you know, oblivious American behavior. Uh, but overall, I thought it did a much better job of not having them just storm around like mm-hmm. a bunch of ignorant college students. Yeah, it was interesting seeing that kind of the life of like an enclave of Americans. I guess it's an expat area. But they didn't seem to be that inter like they weren't really involved with each other. But they kind of were because well, it was this her family office, whatever you know, the care facility. Right, and I think. I couldn't entirely figure out what was going on there, but I think what it is is that they are an office of like support for, like you said, for expats. So like this woman, mm, yeah, that makes sense. The the old woman who had dementia, she was part of a family of Americans. Like her two kids and their family were all Americans who were working there. So, but they were all English speaking. Yeah. So now they have this resource they can reach out to where people would come in and provide services yeah but they were english speaking services so that was interesting and there was a moment where so the sarah michelle geller character is volunteering at this office to get some kind of credits for her classes and her boss is like oh no don't worry you're ready for this and i had this moment of oh yeah it would be kind of scary to like have to go out and do your job within a community where you really don't speak the language like she spoke some but she wasn't fluent and um so that was interesting yeah i would be scared i mean i yeah me too i wouldn't die of fright but i would be scared (laughs) i mean i was telling somebody the other day that you and i are the kind of people who just choose not to go to countries (laughs) where it might be difficult for us to communicate like like, we're already nervous enough about traveling outside of the United States just because we're both nervous types in that regard. Yeah. And then you add on the, and then people won't speak your language. And we're like, yeah, we'll just stay home. Thanks. Yeah, sometimes it was, we went to Paris and it was, could get difficult to, to communicate sometimes. Yeah, but fortunately, <laughs> almost everyone there speaks English. Yeah, but sometimes they don't want to speak English. Well, right. So it could get a little bit difficult. But like, really, we basically walked into Paris and had no trouble finding people who could communicate with us. Whether they would was another (laughs) question. Yeah. Otherwise, I think we've we've always gone to, like, vacation communities where even the population, like, the the people who live there have learned English in order to be able to communicate with the ignorant Americans who come and trash their country every spring break. Except in Mexico. We went to the Mexican vacation I know. That was awesome. (laughs) But we spoke a little Spanish. Espanol for you listeners. (laughs) But remember, that felt like we were, like we talked about that feeling like we were in the deep end of the pool. We were indeed in the deep end. Ratings. 
Watching this movie, I found myself kind of hooked in. Like it was building up the uh, the mystery, like giving you more information with all the flashbacks, and I was interested in where it was going. And I was I was like, you know, you know how movies can kind of suck you in. It sucked me in pretty pretty well. But uh, as we were discussing, the scares were just nothing, mostly like really kind of dumb. And in the end, the story. Like, where it went, like, it was fine. I have no problem with the the core of the story that this bad situation happened with this family and it made evil happen and anyone who goes in gets killed. Lovely. That's delightful. But the way it actually wrapped up with just explaining it all and then, you know, a little classic horror twist of we thought it was dead and it's not oh my gosh when they said but we managed to save the house i'm like oh that was kind of fun actually that was funny but uh all that was just kind of meh like i wasn't too excited about that but movie kept me interested kept me going so i'm gonna rate this three and a half crumpled newspapers out of five interesting so that's a half a crumpled newspaper more than you rated scary stories to tell in the dark. Hmm. Interesting. I feel like I'm going in the other direction. Uh Uh-oh. Because this, um, it was a hybrid that sort of lost the best parts of both styles of movie for me. And so Mm -hmm. then all I was left with was kind of the weak half of, of Japanese horror and American horror. And, so I didn't really, like, I didn't really feel scared at any point. I was more annoyed. Even if they managed to make me jump, it was more of, like, an annoyance afterwards. <laughs> I wasn't like, ooh, that startled me. I was like, ugh, gross, stop that. <laughs> and so, yeah, there was a lot. I feel myself, like, remembering a lot of things that irritated me about it and not so much that was interesting. So that makes me feel like I didn't like it very much. Yeah, and story-wise, it just felt sort of weak. Like, there wasn't anything new or unique about the story. It was very predictable. It was exactly what I would have written had I been told to write this story. So I guess I'm going to give two and a half crumpled newspapers out of five. That's a pretty big spread for us. It it is, um, especially when we seem to sort of have similar reactions to it. But I feel like we just sort of feel differently about those reactions well let's see how we feel about our next film 